So is the party going to reelect Donald Trump? Heck if I know. I mean, I don't think that's the way it's going down. I, I got to be honest. I just, I just don't see that being the case. Because how would you make the call now? Right? There's just, there's just no way to make that call now. There are definitely some people at the conservative political action conference who absolutely want that. Those people, I think, are going to end up a wee bit disappointed. Because how old is Donald Trump right now? 70... what? 73? Is that what he is? He's 73 years old? So that means he'd be 77? Come the next election. He was, he was born in 1946. 74. Born in 1946. 78. Look, that man has boundless, boundless energy and all of his faculties. And that clearly cannot be said of Joe Biden. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. It cannot be said of of Joe Biden. By the way, there's a really interesting story uh, that um, Biden will not release all the logs. People who he has visited virtually, they're not releasing them. I, I don't know why. I thought these were the most uh, transparent people in the world. They were going to, it was Trump who was hiding this and Trump who was hiding that and Trump that was hiding the other and uh, uh, the, the guy who can't be trusted. But it's all about Biden who won't share this and won't share that. Never mind a media that won't share what it is they know about Biden and they certainly won't cover in the same way. If you ask me if the coverage about Trump was overdone, I'll say to you, yes. But the bigger problem is that they weren't covering what was happening. They were covering why they you should hate him. That is, if you cover what happens, then people can agree and disagree. And they can find things they like and things they don't like. If you want to argue he lied about something, you can do that. But to quite literally turn networks television networks into into shrines uh, for for vitriol is is well indefensible and quite possibly unrecoverable i i say to you right now i am not so sure i am not so sure how CNN recovers and and maybe taken in a different place. I'm not so sure how America recovers. And and, and I'm not saying that to be uh, defeatist at all. That's not not my point. Because I'm not. And I will tell you, uh, nobody at CPAC was defeatist. Nobody. Nobody was... Sad. Nobody was was melancholy. No zero. It just didn't happen that way. Rather, there was a lot of upbeat. There were certain people in specific uh, pet projects. A lot of people saying we have stopped talking about life. Without life, we don't have a country. Right? They're having the abortion conversation. No, I'm not going to tell you not to have that as your 
your front and center conversation. I'm not about to sh- tell you that you're 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 somehow wrong or mistaken or, or anything else like that. I I think that I I in these situations find myself tending more or leaning more to the Mitch Daniels uh, school, which is I there are some things that I need to get squared away right away, and they may not be the social issues now. Someone's going to say to me, Tony, it's, it's, it's life. There's something more important. We're not fighting. We're having a conversation about, about how to go about the thing. That's what we're discussing. And that is a conversation. You see how that works? That is different than, let's say, never Trump, which is, of course, a, a diseased thought process that comes from diseased lesser minds. And no, I didn't see any of those people at CFAC. I, I, I didn't catch any of the never-Trumpers while I was there uh, at the Conservative Political Action Conference. I am convinced that the answer is, and I started discussing this on, on Friday, um, the answer is not President Trump the person. The answer is the lessons learned and a style of response that it is very obvious and very clear that Brian Stelter's view is one that needs force to respond to it. Because he doesn't even worry about whether or not he's bringing anything intellectual to the conversation. He could care less. He, it's, it's obvious that it's meaningless. It's obvious that when Brian Stelter or when the CNN crew start talking that it's only to be dismissive. It's not to bring any value. None. The, the, the Stelter, the CNN, the, the, the MSNBC argument is we need to have decorum, but they don't worry about decorum on their own side. Their argument is Trump was toxic to the American body politic, and our argument is you are toxic to the American body politic. Hunter Biden left his laptop, and we know the stories from that laptop. Hunter Biden was involved with companies in Ukraine, and Hunter Biden was involved in companies in China, and not only would you, Brian Stelter, not cover the story, the New York Post got blocked, they got banned, they got censored for sharing the story, and you were not outraged. Trump is the issue with the body politic? It is these kinds of conversations and arguments that are going on repeatedly. It is not a question of whether or not you think Donald Trump was wrong for something he said or wrong for something he did. We know for a fact that Donald Trump offered up security to the Capitol. And at the Capitol, they didn't take it. It is very strange, very strange indeed, that somebody who started a riot, incited an insurrection, would have offered up you know, a, a, a defense. I want it all destroyed, but first I'm going to protect it? That's an irrational point of view, which is why the people who voted to convict were wrong. 
Senator Mitt Romney, Senator Ben Sass, they're, they're all wrong, and they knew they were wrong. And they were simply angry because they think it's just the wrong voice for the Republicans. What's the right voice for the Republicans? Because if you tell me, Jeb Bush, what you mean, what you mean is no voice whatsoever. What you mean is no actual willingness to engage in any level of aggressive and sometimes necessary way. They lie about you, you take it. They twist your words, you take it. They talk about you personally, you take it. You rise above it. I'm not saying there aren't moments where you shouldn't rise above it. But there are times that you have to fight back. Because if you don't fight back, you get painted like George W. Bush did. If Trump doesn't fight back, Trump doesn't get anything done. The support comes from that pushback. That's what people are responding to. An abusive, aggressive, vitriolic press corps that never once fact checks itself. That never once looks inward to see their own issues. That's what people responded to. You know what they're responding to? They're responding to things like this. Secretary Mayorkas, who is the the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, saying this about the border. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the the answer is no. Uh, I think there is a challenge at the border that we are managing, and we have our resources dedicated to, to managing. So there's no crisis at the border? There's no crisis at the border? Donald Trump on the border. So many elements of farms and farmers, and they love me. And remember, it's going to be very close in Iowa. Well, it wasn't close. We won in a landslide, Iowa, because our farmers know, and they put up with it. And we did a lot of work with the tariffs and all these things that we had to do to get it. And now the farmers are doing great, but they're setting records. It means low taxes and eliminating job-killing regulations, Trumpism. It means strong borders, but people coming into our country based on a system of merit, so they come in and they can help us, as opposed to coming here and not being good for us, including criminals, of which there are many. It means no riots in the streets. It means law enforcement. It means very strong protection for the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms. It means support for the forgotten men and women who have been taken advantage of for so many years and they were doing great. They were doing great before that horrible thing from China came in and hit us and now they're starting to do really well again. You know, if you think In Trump's vision, as he describes what Trumpism means, it means strong borders, no riots in the street. I think he should have said no riots at the Capitol either, one man's take. But that kind of conversation is about a recognition of what's actually happening. There are riots in the street. Joe Biden says Antifa's just an idea. 
Trump says we have to have strong borders. The new Secretary of Homeland Security says there's no crisis at the border. That simply isn't true. It's not true. He's downplaying the real issues. He's downplaying the entirety of the conversation. If only because his argument is not, hey, don't come. It's don't come right now. For so long, uh, and we have already begun to implement it. We are progressing every single day. Uh, I don't have a particular timeline, uh, but all I can do is communicate both to the American public and to the individuals seeking protection that we are working around the clock seven days a week to make that time frame as short as possible. But they need to wait. But they need to wait with a particular goal in mind. We are not saying don't come. We are saying don't come now. That's that's why people respond to Trump. Immigration is fine. Illegal, illegal immigration is not. And anyone who says otherwise is wrong. And creating a, a, an easier path to just walk right into the country is, of course, disastrous. The rules should be rigorous. They should be Uh, streamlined they should be effective to getting what is best for america people who want a better life and work within the system who do not take from the system it is not wrong to say those words we want people who are a part of america not taking from america it is not our job to allow other people to take from us that is wrong It's wrong. And the people who push that ideology are wrong. Ugly, bigoted people. We don't have a problem with illegal immigration. There was a moment we were catching a thousand people an hour. Wasn't that the story? A thousand people an hour? How in the world do you do that? How do you keep that up? Who's the truth teller in this conversation? The secretary? Secretary Mayorkas? The truth teller in this conversation is Donald Trump. And telling the truth is sometimes verboten. Maybe that explains the hate. Donald Trump bringing out some of it on himself? Absolutely. Did Donald Trump engage in some expanded theories? Yes, he certainly did. But this is a flat-out lie from the secretary. And no one... Named Brian Stelter is going to correct him, but that's okay. Brian Stelter's got his own issues. I'll explain that coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I know everybody likes to talk about firsts, right? The first this and the and and the first that and the uh, the first uh, woman and the first black woman and the first uh, gay man and this and that and the other. always liking to talk about the first, but they only like to talk about first when they come from the political left. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I mean, come on, it's true. They wouldn't even give Rick Grinnell the credit for being the first gay member of a cabinet. They had to figure out how they were going to manipulate the way on Pete Buttigieg, the first confirmed member of the cabinet. They always love the first, but only if they're doing the first thing. That's that's what they, I mean. That, that's just it. I had the chance to sit down with Representative Kat Kamek. She is interesting. She's interesting. Uh, if if only because in a, see the first time that you're late, like like I'll give it to you. Uh, they were late by two hours. 
Oh, oh, I'm going to tell the story, Representative Kamek. That's just the way this one's going to go. I, uh, she was late two hours. And, and you know what? That happens. We were doing other interviews. It was, it was fine. It happens. She gets there. She doesn't come over to me, sit down. Hey, how are you? Oh, no, no. She's taking pictures for 20 minutes. I actually looked at one of her staffers and said, are you kidding me? I, I think that sometimes, if not members of Congress, right? They're doing what they're doing. They're meeting constituents. It's in Florida. She represents uh, an area of Florida, right? She's meeting with people. That's what she's doing, and I can absolutely appreciate that. They don't know their schedules all the time. She would probably not even know she was two hours late. I'm not saying that because she's aloof. I'm not making that argument. She wouldn't know. I am making the argument that the staff knows. And you're supposed to say, Representative, we need you in the chair. That's what the staff is there for. They don't know how to handle her yet. <laughs> they, they haven't figured it out. So she finally sits down, and I'm like, I, I, I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm either going to like this, or I'm just, I, I can't believe that your staff it didn't like treat you better, let you know, treated me like this. Ooh. Turns out she's totally lovely. Totally lovely, and there, this this new crop definitely comes from this Trump uh, of fighter uh, school, right? They, they are not uh, afraid. And Kat Kamek, uh, Representative Kamek, uh, she fits into that world. Well, you know, that was my my nice way of saying that I think his plan is garbage. And, you know, we have seen for the last four years a president who finally got serious about securing our borders, protecting the sovereignty of our nation. And what we have seen out of the Biden administration is literally an opening of the borders, welcoming in caravans. We have narcotics and contraband coming, just pouring over the borders. It is such a threat to the United States and her people. And we in Florida have three coastlines that we have to secure. We know about what it takes to be uh, a secure state. But when we have a president that is willing to prioritize illegals over his own citizens, that's a problem. And, you know, I, I found a home on the Homeland Security Committee and we deal with border security issues. The thing that I find most distressing is the fact that they have criticized President Trump and conservatives for the work that they have done over the last four years to secure our borders and to really get a game plan together to fix our broken immigration plan. Because let's face it, it has been broken for 30 years. But now all of a sudden, the definitions have changed. These are no longer children in cages. These are detention facilities, holding facilities. And the irony is that the children that the Biden administration is is holding in cages that he and Obama built, they're actually in classrooms. Meanwhile, the Democrats are keeping schools closed and allocating $350 billion in funds just this morning at 2.30 a.m., and they can't even spend the money in 2021. This is the most dumpster fire administration I've ever seen, and we're only two months in. Uh, the vote for uh, the COVID relief bill, were you there for it? I was. I was. I stayed on the House floor, and I was there at 2.30 a.m railing against this so-called COVID relief plan. It's actually a Nancy payoff, a Nancy Pelosi payoff and a Biden bailout. You know, 9% of this bill actually goes to COVID relief, 9%. The rest goes to underground tunnels in Silicon Valley, bridges to nowhere out of New York, and all the other pet projects that Nancy Pelosi wants to spend money across the world and across the nation that have nothing to do with COVID relief. It's shameful and every American should be outraged. Talking to Representative Kat Kamek of the Florida 3rd, it was another statement from, from your site.
which has to do with a Chinese Communist Party-linked researcher at the University of Florida. We've yes. spoken often about Confucius Institutes yes. uh, on the show with Congressman Jim Banks yes. uh, and, and others talked about uh, how they utilize these cultural centers as places of suppression. Is that what took place here and is this happening prevalent on other college campuses across Florida? It's absolutely a major issue on college campuses across the country, no doubt. Confucius Institutes are literally using taxpayer dollars to promote Chinese Communist Party propaganda and influencing our students, our own students, to hate America and support Chinese culture that is really just a way for them to get Communist propaganda. Chinese culture. Yeah, Chinese exactly. culture could be one thing. Communist exactly. Chinese culture is exactly. something that's problematic. Exactly. In the case of this particular spy that we saw, this was the Thousand Talents program where the Chinese Communist Party recruits researchers and puts them in positions of power where they use taxpayer-funded research and then they siphon it all off, including the intellectual property, back to the mainland. In this case, this researcher that was at the University of Florida was also at the University of Kentucky, and he took a $1.7 million grant, took all of the findings, all the research back to mainland China, took over 27 trips, and was funded financially by the Chinese Communist Party to undermine and attack the intranet at the University of Florida once they began the investigations into his work. And that's just one of many stories. And that's just one. That's, that's the crazy part when we talked about, you know, if you call it a thousand talents, the depths to which those talents are able to <laughs> penetrate. Just ask, just ask Eric Swalwell. He and Fang Fang could tell you all about that. Did you really make it a Fang Fang reference? I absolutely am making it. Are we going down this oh, road? Oh, we're going down that road. You don't have enough bourbon to go down this road. Oh, I can hang on this road. Trust me. Oh, things just got really interesting. <laughs> we'll get to that another time. <laughs> Let's talk CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Not necessarily in your backyard, but close enough yes. uh, to your backyard. Uh, the conversation, of course, has been, is the GOP in the middle of a civil war? And the answer, uh, as you put it, is what? No. No, this is a family fight. Listen, there's always going to be Republicans that feel that others within the party are not conservative enough and vice versa. And that's fine. That is what is great about the Republican Party. We are such a diverse group of individuals, and we actually put a premium and we value diversity of thought, unlike the left. That is truly what separates us, besides the fact that we're patriots, we believe in the Constitution, and we know that we have a constitutional republic. That is what is going to keep us together because we are all united in these principles and the mission to take back the House in 2022. Some of us are more conservative than others. That is a fact. But all the nonsense about going after the president or vice versa, none of that does anything except give ammunition to the Democrats to further divide us. We are laser focused on making sure that we are carrying forward President Trump's legacy, the America First agenda, and taking back the House and eventually the White House in four years. What does the American First agenda actually actually mean because that's a that's a word without a definition right it sounds crystallized it works in that way yeah but it needs to have a definition to possibly bring in some people in this family fight as you describe it who need a little more uh, grab or some people outside of the family who maybe want to come into the fold absolutely it's the the america first agenda is literally as it sounds putting america first what we're seeing out of the biden administration is putting america last so it's the traditional things that republicans and conservatives have campaigned on and and really advocated for in washington dc it's reducing our national debt getting our spending under control a balanced budget amendment advocating 
advocating for term limits, fixing health care, fixing our immigration, securing our borders. It's all the traditional things, right? But it's also getting back the narrative that we've ceded to the Democrats. We should be leading on issues like the environment, like homelessness, like poverty. And those were the issues that President Trump was not scared to talk about. And that was when you started to see so many different populations coming to the table saying, I like that guy. I like what he has to say. And now we have a group of people that want to run away from that. Well, we're not going to. We have the best policies to advance America forward and actually address things like opioid uh, epidemics, like homelessness, like poverty, like the environment. We have the policies to actually fix these issues. And that is why we're all going to be united, because we have an issue for everybody to get behind. Before I let you go, you're 32. 32. Say it again like you're proud. 32. There it is, right there. (laughs) How'd you end up here? How'd you end up here? Because an Obama-era housing program left me and my family homeless when we lost our cattle ranch in April of 2011. And I got so pissed off at big government that I decided to change my entire life plan. I just graduated college. I moved across the country, worked for a guy who had no shot of getting to Congress. We got him there. And after that, I said, I'm still not done. Wait, who's the guy? Ted Yoho. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, So you then are like, well, if Ted can do it. (laughs) Great man. (laughs) I could. So then you came back and said, okay, now I'm going to make this happen for myself. Yeah. We still have work to get done. And you know what? Millennials, Gen Z's largest voting block in the country. I am a millennial. I only want this title for two more years. I need to go out, find my replacement. And then we got a lot of work to do. We got a country to save. Representative Kat Kamek, I appreciate taking the time. Hey, thanks. So we talk about Biden and we talk about CPAC. I really wanted to give you the, that full recap of where things are at. doesn't mean there are still aren't things happening. And one of the things that's happening is this censorship. And it's going to be a subject that we are going to continue to expose. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. You can email me, Tony at TonyCats.com. Feel free. We've talked about a story uh, last week uh, about a book called When Harry Became Sally, written by Ryan T. Anderson. And it got dropped by Amazon because it has issue with transgenderism, specifically when it comes to children, because transgenderism regarding children is wrong. Children cannot make this decision. They cannot make the decision of what gender they are. They should not be taking drugs uh, to, to allow them to make these decisions. Parents are wrong and doctors are wrong. The job of the parent is to protect children very often from themselves. Now, I did not say that these children aren't asking questions. I didn't say that they don't feel a certain way. I'm not making that argument. The argument that I am making, and I will make it to anyone, anywhere, at any time, is that children can't make certain decisions for themselves. And if we say they can make this decision, it is the argument for giving children agency. And when children have agency, of what necessity is the parent? The state becomes the parent. The parent is nothing more than the vehicle by which the state's property is created. 
Parents shouldn't have a say in education, right? Because they're not trained in education. Only educators should have a say in education. You know, the experts. Do you buy into that? Because I do not buy into that. Just because you're an expert doesn't mean you're right. You have an expertise. It doesn't make you right. It doesn't make you a good person. I think I'm going to keep a very close eye on those things. And I'll decide whether or not you should be educating my child. That's of course what we should do. Remember, the experts are the generals and the admirals. But who runs the military? The civilians. They're answerable to us. I like that methodology quite a bit. I don't like it when Amazon takes down books and says, nope, you can't sell this. It's a digital book burning. Abigail Schreier put out a a thread on social media, on Twitter. We're really not making a big enough deal of the fact that Amazon has begun deleting books. Now, she had a book about transgenderism called Irreversible Damage, the transgender craze that's seducing our daughters. That was pulled from the website at Target. You can still get Mein Kampf, though. So you understand that this is a cult-esque thing. They don't want to be called bigots and they're going to get thousands of people to show up at the stores. Well, that's the way it goes. Free speech means thousands of people might show up at the stores. You know, there was a librarian. uh, Was this in Oregon? I think Sarah, who runs our social media, was was sharing the story. uh, Actually engaged a book burning. Burned the books. I'm talking about a digital book burning. No, no, no. Did it in real time with real fire. Abigail points out that Amazon now claims that the right to bar all books that are inappropriate or offensive. Of course, nearly every book worth reading could be characterized as inappropriate or offensive to someone. Should we not read uh, Catch-22? Catcher in the Rye? It's Killing Mockingbird? Was it Fahrenheit 451? Are we now getting rid of, of Atlas Shrug or the Bible? The satanic verses. Would you allow Iran to decide for Barnes and Noble or Amazon whether or not they sell the satanic verses by Salman Rushdie? Uh, for, for me and my, my age group, maybe the, 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 the bigger story of this idea of free speech. It wasn't even a debate in my household. Of course you sell the book. Who cares that the mullahs like it? The mullahs are unhappy with the book and think that that we should somehow have the book banned and you should put a, a, a death threat. They, they should kill Solomon Rushdie. F these people. My parents had no time for that. They never said to me, well, you know, you can, the book is kind of mean. It's a book. The book can be kind of mean. Amazon is manifestly dishonest, writes Abigail Schreier. Censoring about censoring books that are offensive or inappropriate. They continue to sell books like this, which discusses very young children performing I can't um, oral. Um, and she follows up with, I don't believe they should stop selling it. It's about it's a book called Beyond Magenta, Transgender Teens Speak Out. When a company controls over 83% of the market for books, it becomes the process. It begins the process of deleting ideas from a society. A bookseller can sell whatever it wants. If Marxist Books wants to sell only books that conform to its ideology, they can. But this is the world's largest bookseller. Amazon can basically make books disappear for all readers and does so on a blatantly dishonest basis. 
And that's the truth. And the people who work at Amazon should be disgusted. And if they're not, they're the problem. So allow me to say it a little more clearly. And you can share this with uh, any friends who work at Amazon who support these things. You're the enemy. Of course you are. You're not good. You're not kind. You're not decent. You're not moral. If you don't believe in free speech, you're the enemy. 